Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot. Hello, everyone. I'm Elizabeth Talbot, and welcome to our mini-series for Christmas entitled Christmas Gifts. Along with Jesus, who is our greatest gift from heaven because He saved us and died for us and gave us eternal life, with Him, God gave us many other gifts. And this week, we're going over some of those gifts. Today, it's God's plan. And have you ever been in a position where you're wondering what to do next? What is the next step? I, uh, many years ago, and, and I haven't talked about this much, but um, this is a very personal, pivotal experience I had. I was a senior pastor of a church when I started realizing that God was asking me uh, to leave the ministry for a little while to continue my studies. But this was very difficult for me because, you know, I always worked and I love my job and, you know, the security gave me plus the purpose he gave me. Uh, but I felt God was asking me to leave for a while and continue my PhD completed because there was more coming. I didn't know what that more meant, but it was, you know, in my heart, this impression that I really had to do that. And I remember the first day when I had no more job, no more health insurance, no more nothing. And I sat down and I wrote a prayer to God. And I said, I feel like Mary I'm pregnant of the Holy Spirit, but I don't know what this means or where it's going to take me uh, or what's going to come out of it, but I'm just going to surrender to what you have put inside of me, even though I don't understand it. And um, it's, it's quite a quite a thing to read because I'm telling God, I'm, I'm going out on a limb with you. I don't understand, but I'm going to trust you and because you have the plan. Um, well, Many, many years later, here I am, having completed my PhD many years ago and now working on media, loving what I do. But sometimes we don't know what's next, and God does. And sometimes He says, okay, just trust me with the next step, and after that, I'll show you the next step. And this is what happens here to Mary. When we are in Christmas celebrating the, the birth of the Savior, we don't fully sometimes understand what this this woman went through when she was told that she was pregnant of the Holy Spirit, something that had never happened before and, and never happened again. And she had to trust God with, with His plan and with His timing, which certainly wasn't her timing. So today we're going to study Mary and the announcement that she was pregnant of the Holy Spirit and she would actually be the mother of the Savior of the world. And we're going to juxtapose it with uh, a priest, uh, Zacharias, who also is waiting for a baby, has been asking for a baby for many years, but when the angel tells him that he's, they're going to have a baby with his wife, he has a hard time believing it. And Mary, on the other hand, who is a, a little girl, really, a very young woman, she surrenders to the plan, even though she doesn't fully understand it. So let's start with uh, Zacharias, the, the doubtful priest. His story is in Luke chapter 1, starting on verses 5 and uh, 6, all the way to 25. And it says here on verse 5, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of, of Abijah, or Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. 
They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. And then we get the, the, the news, the bad news. They had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both advanced in years. This was, this was a disaster in that time. You know, uh, they thought that children were a blessing from God, which is still, is still true now. But if you didn't have a child, you were like doomed, like God didn't want to bless you type of thing. And uh, they seem to have been um, praying for a child all their lives because um, there will be something mentioned in a moment by the angel. The, but one day he goes, uh, is chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord. And while he is ministering at the temple, an angel shows up. And it says here that it showed up in verse 11 in the right of the altar, which usually meant good news. But Zacharias was too much into what he was doing to realize that, that it was the right hand side of the altar. And it was probably good news. The angel, obviously, he was very afraid because the angel says, do not be afraid, Zacharias. Your petition has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will give him the name John. Well, he, the angel says who this, this child will be. He will be the forerunner of the Messiah and all kinds of things that the angel says. But uh, Zacharias is having a hard time believing it. It's not his plan. Probably it's way past the timing that he had uh, thought that they were going to have children. We are told that they're older and that she's barren, etc., etc. And he doesn't believe it. And he, he says to the angel in verse 18, I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And he, he's asking, how do I know that this is going to happen? And uh, I, li I like it because the angel, Gabriel, says, I am Gabriel, verse 19. Like, this is your sign. I am Gabriel and I have been sent to speak to you, but you will be silent because you didn't believe in my word. And then it says, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. This proper time, God's timing that comes along with His plan, I've had a hard time with the timing of God. He uh, never, ever has matched my watch. <laughs> His clock doesn't match my watch. And, I, and I, uh, I suspect the same thing is true for you. There are two dimensions to timing in the Bible. And one is what needs to happen, and the other one is time going by. I'm going to give you an example that is perfect for Christmas. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5. After we read this, we'll go back to Luke. Galatians 4, 4. When the fullness of time came, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that He might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. So there's two variables here. When the fullness, that word is pleroma, like when we get the word plenitude, when something is complete, and then it says, when the fullness of time, that's chronos, like chronometer, right? So both things need to happen, the fullness and the timing. For example, a pregnancy is a very good visualization of this. Not only nine months go by, that's the chronos going by, but also the pleroma, the fullness, there's a baby growing inside, so there's two variables, right? The pleroma for it to become uh, to its plenitude and the chronos, which has to go by. Well, both things are from uh, the dimensions of God's timing, both variables. Something has to grow to be right in a particular time 
and then the time that has gone by, the chronos. So for Zechariah, it wasn't the right chronos, <laughs> but for God, it was the right pleroma. It was a fullness of time because their son would be the forerunner of the Messiah. On the other side is Mary. It's the other side of the story. The angel Gabriel also visits her. And I'm going to read Luke 1, verses 26 to 27. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So, what we know is that she's engaged to be married. And, of course, at that time, as we talked in other programs, uh, an engagement was a, a, a much bigger deal than now. It could only be broken um, with a divorce. And she's looking forward to marrying Joseph. And then in the, in the middle of all of this, the angel shows up and says that she is going to be pregnant. Verse 28, And coming in, he said to her, the angel, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. She's wondering why she's being called favored one. And then the angel continues, verse 30, Do not be afraid. Obviously, Mary was a little bit afraid when she saw the angel. Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. And look what it says next, verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Can you imagine Mary saying, what? <laughs> Excuse me, can you say that again? H how is this going to happen, she says. Uh, verse 34, how can this be since I'm a virgin? I don't know a man sexually uh, at that time. Uh, the engagement was a period of time where they were not living together and they were not having sexual relations. And she's saying, how, how can I be pregnant if, if, if I don't know a man? And the angel explains this plan that God has. And it's completely different than what she had in mind. It's something that has never been seen before. And, and she says, how is it going to happen? Uh, I mean, he, the angel says to her, how is it going to happen? Verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God, etc., etc. And then the angel says, nothing will be impossible with God. And she could have said all kinds of things. Wait a minute, we haven't even sent out the invitations for the wedding. And this is definitely not my timing. I don't want to be pregnant now that I'm engaged. Why don't you wait until I'm married so that nobody thinks anything wrong of me? And et cetera, et cetera. No, but it, it was God's timing. It was his pleroma, his fulfillment of time. And it was his time, his chronos. And this obviously would be a miracle son. And it would be publicly a miracle son. And, of course, she has two choices to say, no, I don't believe it, like Zacharias was struggling with, or to say, okay, whatever you say, even though I don't understand it, and that's what she chose. Um, verse 38, Mary said, behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. Um, God has different plans, usually, than the ones we have. He has a purpose in mind. He has a plan, and he invites us to submit to his plan, which includes his timing. There's many things that we don't understand, and, and Christmas reminds us of this. <laughs> reminds us because, of course, we have the mystery of incarnation that we don't fully understand. How is it that God became a baby? 
um, and he became a human being to, to in order to live and die in our place. And we don't fully understand it's a mystery, but, but, but when this mystery was kind of revealed to Mary in the sense that she would be pregnant of the Holy Spirit, she submitted to it, not because she had all the answers, and definitely it was not her timing. Like Galatians says, chapter 4, verse 4 and 5, that when the fullness of time came, God gave his son. And so during Christmas times, one of the gifts that we are given along with the Savior is to remember that there is a plan. We are part of that plan. It's the plan of redemption, and we are included in it. And we don't have every part of the plan. We don't know every step. We don't always understand God's timing. But like it happened with Zacharias and with Mary, there was a purpose to it. You know, the angel Gabriel came to both of them. Both of them had obstacles in childbearing. One was old. The other one was a virgin. Uh, Both of them were told not to fear and they were promised a son and the role of the son. One would be the forerunner, the other one would be the, the Messiah. And so these two stories are just opposed to show that there could be two different answers when God reveals part of the plan uh, or the next step. One is unbelief. The other one is surrender to the plan. And so when we get to, to Christmas, one of the gifts is to remember this. God has a plan. Uh, you are pregnant of the Holy Spirit, not not physically, but in a vision type of way, in a purpose type of way, in a plan type of way. And you don't always know the outcome, but you can surrender to it and let the outcome be in His hands. One of the most beautiful phrases that I carry with me all the time is this one. I do not know the master plan, but I know the master who planned it, and I am included. So you can, you can remember this. I'm going to say it again. I do not know the master plan, but I know the master who planned it, and I am included. So you can surrender to that. And in this Christmas season, remember, this is one of God's greatest gifts. He has a plan, a purpose, and a timing. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus101institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus101media. Until next time, live free.